Hi, welcome to A Dose of Knowledge. I'm your host, Megan. So let's get to it and find out what knowledge is in store for us today. So tonight's guest is someone that I met a while back on Instagram and have just built a friendship with. And he is just a really amazing person. He is an entrepreneur and very successful. He travels Europe all the time. He's from the UK. He even is into fitness and he really likes to post motivational stuff for those who are maybe having a bad day. So I found that to be a really good quality. And the more I started talking to him, the more we became friends and I wanted to feature him on a podcast just because I think getting someone's perspective that lives a completely different life from me is going to be a really amazing thing to bring to the table, a really good dose of knowledge for you guys to show you what is out there. So without further ado, here is my conversation when I interviewed Mr. Bailey Wright. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Good, good. Finally, we're on. Do you have getting on? Sorry? Did you have trouble logging on? No, no, straightforward, yes. Just quickly set up an account, followed the link, and then, uh, yeah, we were straight in. Luckily, I can edit this first part, but everything in the middle, I cannot edit, but I'm still, like, deciphering the accent a little bit. Right, okay, yeah, I'll try, I'll try and speak, um, yeah, without any sort of <laughs> English. I like words. it, I like it, though. You know, really, you might not be able to understand. I'll try, I can go back to my Harry Potter knowledge days. So, what's it like living? Have you ever been to the U.S. First of all, uh, no, I've never. No, no. no. really like to visit, but I've never been. So, the thing I noticed is definitely different. Is I've watched your stories on Instagram, and there's one, and I talked to you about it, where you're walking to the car, and I was like, "Why is he not going uh... to the left side?" <laughs> and then you got to the right side, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah." Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah, we uh, drive on the opposite side of the road here. Um, yeah, so all the cars are, are swapped on the opposite way around the driver's side. Thank God I have enough trouble driving on the left side of the road. I mean, to be fair, I do, um, when we travel abroad, um, you know, to Europe and they drive on the opposite, opposite side, um, it feels so strange taking roundabouts the complete wrong way. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> It's strange. <laughs> so, is England the only country that does that? Um, no, I believe Australia drives on the same side of the road as as well. Um, okay. I think. Those two countries seem to have a lot of similarities from what we can see, like, as outsiders looking in. But I could be totally off base. No, yeah, a lot of people do say that the countries are 
the UK or Australia, um, you know, do have quite a lot of similarities. Yeah, I know when, um, see, like, I grew up in the Harry Potter world, like, it kind of grew up with me. So we always played the game of, like, guess which accent is from which country. Yeah. <laughs> because they're supposed to all be from England, and they're not. <laughs> so we always had fun with that one. Yeah, I know, yes. Yeah, it's, it's the first time that I've properly heard. Whereabouts in America are you from? Savannah, Georgia. Okay, yeah. It's the first time I've heard an accent from uh, from around that area. There's so many different accents in America. Is it really that bad? No, it's a really nice accent. Uh, but then I suppose it's the same as the UK. There's there's so many different accents in the UK as well. Yeah. I've heard so, that like, it's from different parts of the UK is yeah. where you get the different accents. Yeah, you do. Yeah, so yeah, you've got you got loads. Some are really hard to understand. Um, some are a lot easier than others. Yeah, um, but yeah, just like America, depending on which part you come from, you, know, you go ten minutes down the road, and the areas are completely different accent to what you've got. Yeah, with America, it's more like certain states, like Florida. They don't really. Some people have an accent, but not really because it's mostly people from the north that have moved down there. Right. Okay. So they don't really have that deep southern drawl that we have in um, Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, South yeah. Carolina. I'm trying really hard to control it right now, but I don't think it's working. No, no, honestly, no, it's fine. I can understand you. Perfect. Good. Good. Yeah, yeah you don't have to worry about that. I actually had somebody one time tell me, you don't have an accent. Where are you from? And I was like, the city we're, we're in right now. Yeah. And they're like, really? You don't have that accent? I'm like, yeah, I have to um, try to control it. Otherwise, it gets a lot worse. Is it hard to understand? That's only when I get mad. <laughs> My ex used to say that um, if you start hearing all of the um, y'alls and ain'ts flying, you better just just move out of the way because that's it's over. <laughs> it just becomes, yeah, just completely unreadable. <laughs> Basically, when when it gets super country, it you are just out of luck. You just need to move. <laughs> so, you are an entrepreneur, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. What is it that you do? Um, so, trade the foreign exchange market. So, okay. yeah, so basically it's buying and selling uh, different currencies against each other. That sounds really complicated. Um, it, is, it is to start off with. Um, it's, you know, you've got to take a lot of time um, to educate yourself before you get into it. Um, it's, it's a hard market and there's not a lot of people that make money. More people lose money than make it. Um, in the foreign exchange market so to anyone they've got to definitely take the time to um, fully educate themselves before they jump into it otherwise it can can have some serious consequences if they don't and you're not but what like 20 something yeah 23 yeah jeez you're younger than me how old are you i just turned 24 24 so not that much different then not that much different but 
Boy, you're doing a lot better than I am. Uh, no, well, everyone's yeah, everyone's in, everyone's into their own different things, aren't they? Everyone everyone measures what they you know their success on different levels. So I won't really say I'm doing any better than anyone else. <laughs> well, everyone, there goes everyone's that doing well in their own in their own areas. But yeah, no, I mean. I never really, is that something you've always wanted to do for your life, though? Like, you've always been interested in it? Or did you just kind of happen into it and start learning it, you went? Um, yeah, it was something that I first sort of came across only back when I was about 17. I'd seen a few things um, on the internet, on social media. I never really, never really paid much attention to it. And then probably when I was around 18, I sort of, looked at it again um and yeah then sort of sort of carried on focusing on a little bit did a bit more research looked at a few more people on social media um and then around 2000 and about yeah so well now about 2016 um i bought a course online um it was my first introduction um, and that sort of introduced me into the world of it and the rest was sort of history from there that got me hooked carried on learning more courses and yeah that's all I've been doing since really is just more education than actual trading okay so you mostly teach people about it rather than trading and getting into all um, of that aspect yeah so I teach I mean I don't do um, you'll see a lot of forex people and they branch off and they do their own companies and they do their own um, yeah, they teach people on like a bigger scale. I just teach friends and family mostly. I I trade on my own. Um, so yeah, I teach people. I don't give out. You'll see other people as well. They give out. Um, it's called signals. They basically just give out where they think they should buy and sell in the market. But I don't mm -hmm. do any of that. I just trade on my own, and then on the side, I teach friends and family who want to get involved as well. Dang, too bad you're not in the American market. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no my life I've always kind of I've always loved animals and helping yeah. people but I never knew exactly what to do and then around my sophomore year in high school I decided to be a nurse well okay. a bunch of things got in the way with that and I got really off track until about, honestly, a few months ago, I started working in the veterinary business, and I am on my way now to becoming a vet tech. I think my estimated graduation date would be August, sorry, not August, um, April 22nd of 2020. Wow, that's really good, but that's not too far away either, 2020. I know, and... Like, it's normally, like, a two-year degree, but I've had college before, and it kind of transferred over. Ah, uh, okay, I see. So, yeah, it's put you ahead compared to everyone else. Mm-hmm. That's really good, though. Um, yeah, the veterinary world over here in the UK, again, is a really good, really good industry to be in. Um, and, yeah, it's the same as over there, really. It takes people a long time to qualify up in it. But once you're in, it's a really, uh, really high job. I actually worked for a doctor um, at my last clinic who got his degree from a um, college in England. And oh, 
Yeah, I, I did not know which one it was, but I picked one. And I was like, oh, so you went to like Oxford, right? And he's like, no. Yeah. Definitely not. That was not on that level. I don't remember where he went, but like, so behind their names, um, I'm guessing but because of his degree, it's different there. So here we have like DVM, Doctor of Veterinary Medicine. Right. His was like BSVM or something. And so I asked him, I was like, is that why you have all those weird letters after your name and aren't they aren't like everybody else's? And he was like, well, that's because I'm, he's actually a veterinary surgeon. But that was when all the other doctors chimed in and were like, that's just because he had to go to England to get his degree because he got kicked out of the U.S. school. <laughs> yeah, here in the U.K., yeah, depending on what degree you have and to what level you get, yeah, you get certain letters after your, uh, after your name that you can add on after you've graduated. Yeah, I mean, we have it here. We have, like, the doctor of veterinary medicine, or we have, like, a master's in yeah. nursing, things like that. But I had never in my life seen those initials. <laughs> and I would just look at them and I'm like, what the crap does that stand for? <laughs> just makes no sense. It did not. And, like, I just kept looking at it. And I'm like, it couldn't be bachelor because that's kind of common sense. But then one day we had lunch together, and that's when I asked him, I was like, all right, what's so special about your name? Like, why is it different? Did he explain it to you? He did. He told me, that's when he told me he was a veterinary surgeon and that he yeah. went to school in England. But then everybody started picking on him because he thought he yeah. was better. They're like, oh, you think you're better than the rest of us because you went to school abroad. And um, I never, never really got to finish the conversation. Yeah. So yeah, he never spoke about it again. Basically, I didn't know it was a no go topic. <laughs> I I do that a lot. I kind of just walk into things and I don't even notice that it's like a no go topic. But you know, that's how I am. If somebody is gonna like embarrass themselves saying something, it's gonna be me. Yeah. I'm like the first one. Join a conversation halfway through. Oh, it's horrible. I always, going on. Yes, I always join at the wrong parts, and it's just, it's no. It never ends well for me. <laughs> Don't worry, you're not the only one. Yeah, I've, <laughs> I've done it a fair few times. You just click onto a conversation and you don't have a clue what's being said. Exactly. So, do you do, you said you do stuff with, like, motivation and guidance and things like that? Helping people with, like, life goals? Yeah, so I post, um, about six, seven months ago, I started posting a few motivational things uh, on my stories on Instagram and Snapchat, and then posting it on my actual profile on Instagram as well, and I got some positive feedback, right? People were saying they enjoyed it, they liked it, it helped them. So I carried it on. I tried to post at least one motivational thing a day on my story, whether it be a post or a piece of advice or whatever, whatever I type up or find. And then when I get time, I try and do a little bit of a deeper write-up and post it to my actual Instagram profile for people to have a little bit of a read-through as well. Um, so, yeah, it's something I enjoy doing as well. I enjoy helping other people see things a little differently to what they've been 
um, taught the whole lives and what they sort of go through daily. That's really interesting. And I think that's actually how I ended up coming across your profile was the motivational stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I believe that's how we ended up talking. Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, I think we we probably responded to one of them. And then, um, yeah, we got chatting from there. I think so. And then somehow you ended up on my Snapchat, too. So I get like a double dose of inspiration daily. Yes. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because I post what I post on Instagram, but I post on Snapchat as well for people that aren't, mm-hmm. on, um, aren't on both platforms. That's a good idea, though. I never really thought about Snapchat that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, they both have their advantages. I mean, I don't know which one I prefer, um, but they're both, they're both really good. Um, mm-hmm. I use them, just, I use them just, as, just as much as each other. I kind of prefer Instagram more than Snapchat just because it gives you the chance to actually reach out and see people all across the world, not just the people that you're connected to. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, you can connect a lot easier with people on Instagram. Um, Yeah, whereas Snapchat is just for, well, I mean, I have my Snapchat set so people can see it no matter if they're friends with me or not, so I can sort of spread spread the stories out a little more but yeah you're right it's easier to connect with people on instagram and to find people as well yeah yeah snapchat you have to like search by their username or things like that but if you don't know their actual name or if you aren't really just looking for someone like you the explore tab on instagram you can find so much more that way yeah oh yeah the explore i mean I think I'm on the Explore page on Instagram, part of the actual news feed on Instagram. Um, there's just so much more on there than what's on your normal news feed. Yeah, same here. That's how I find find out a lot of things and actually have yeah. made friends with a lot of people. Yeah, definitely. Because as soon as you started liking things that you're interested in, then the, it just you know you know how the algorithm works it just starts sending you posts that you're interested in and you can oh, be the algorithm yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you guys but over here it's like the algorithm is like the the black spot of our Instagram existence we yeah. absolutely hate it yeah I mean it's yeah <laughs> Yeah, everyone sort of yeah. You either love or hate. Yeah, I mean the algorithm's okay. Too bad. I've never, I've not really looked into too much about the Instagram algorithm. I've just heard a few things what people have said, and I've seen a few posts pop up on the Explore page of how it works and how it changes yearly. Yeah, um, yeah. I've not really looked into it too much. So actually, right now I've heard that it, the way that it works is like when you post something, only ten. 10- Seven, it's either seven or ten percent of think, yeah, your followers see it. Yeah, see it. Ten, and then depend on how that works or how well they respond to that, it then works out how you know how much more to show it to the rest of your followers. Yeah, that's why I look at some of you guys with like these thousands of followers. I'm like, how did you manage that? Like, I'm dying over here. Like, I have to post like three to four times a day. Yeah, it's 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 hard to um, it's hard to pick up engagement on it just just because so many people are doing it now. Um, it's very so, saturated. 
yeah, as you know, every every month, every day, there's more people signing up to Instagram, and everyone's after the same goal to try and increase their audience. I actually had a company that I was talking to for like dog products and stuff. They asked me, they're like, well, if we send you stuff, does your can we tag your dog in it? I'm like, my my dog doesn't have an Instagram. <laughs> but apparently that's kind of a requirement. So now my dog has an Instagram. Yeah, I've seen that. I mean, it's hard enough managing one Instagram. So if you had a pet's Instagram to manage as well, I mean, I don't know how people find the time. <laughs> yeah. Pet's Instagram on top of their own. Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry, Jack. Yours really isn't getting boosted all that much right now. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, it's it's really hard. I just kind of like post his once every now, like when I think about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've normally tried to post at least once a day, or once every couple of days. I mean, over the summer, I've dropped a little bit off of it, but yeah, it's you've got to be on top of posting every day. If that's the, the main key to improving your audience is post is just being there every day posting, but it is hard. Which posts do you find do better for you? Like your fitness posts or your motivational posts? I'd say, I'd say my fitness posts get more of a response from my (laughs) followers that are on my account. And my motivational posts, I'd say, get more of a response from people that don't follow me, from people that either pick up the post from hashtags or from searching the profile um, another way. Makes sense. Makes sense. So they both kind of work for you. Yeah, they both. Yeah, they both. Kind of, I'm just trying to have a good mixture of posts between fitness, lifestyle, motivation. Just try and keep it varied really see and that's the thing that i've been trying to do with my podcast and now my instagram because i started off so narrow-minded with fitness that once i started broadening my post and all the things that i was into it started helping a little bit like i have a new photo shoot coming out soon that is actually going to feature my car and my photographer's truck so it, a lot of people don't know that I'm into cars and they don't know that I actually know about certain car brands. Yeah, that's really good though. You don't see, you've got a really, a really well like diversified profile. You're into so many different things from fitness to photography to modeling to into your veterinary side. Yeah, and that's yeah, kind that's of what I've been doing. Sorry, what? Yeah, I was just saying, you're into so many different areas, which is really good, because you normally see on Instagram people just into one area, and that's all they focus on. You don't really see people that are into so many different topics. Yeah, that's kind of me in, like, a nutshell. I'm not one focused, like, one single-minded for things that I do. I'm more... I'm more of like the jack of all trades. Like I've kind of dabbled in a bit of everything. <laughs> like I have a friend who works in the golf business. His family has owned golf courses. His uncle was a professional golfer, things like that. And he, that's all I have on my resume. Like 
I can't just up and go get a different job if the if you know the golf business starts going downhill like market wise and I'm like well I know I do it all the time he's like have you seen your resume like I have because I rewrote it for you yeah I'm like well yeah you got so many different areas that if one area doesn't particularly work out you can just up sticks and move into a different area that you're interested in unfortunately customer service seems to be my thing but I'm not that like I'm not all that into it I I just I've learned how to fake it very well over the years like everybody often laughs at me because I'll be in the middle of a photo shoot or a conversation and she'll say like hold this pose or I'll be like smiling really friendly and bright and talking to somebody and the second like I turn my back to walk away or the photo shoots over like my face just drops yeah. <laughs> and they're like how do you do that I'm like I don't know man I was born with a camera in my face so that I literally was like my mom was super into photography when I was a kid so I was oh, so you, yeah yeah I was always like I was always the test dummy, so I've pretty much perfected the smile for the camera and get back to life look. Yeah, you get back <laughs> to normal look after that. Yeah, they're like you just change so quickly and effortlessly. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's a gift, I guess. But um, that 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 is me, though. I'm just like the jack of all trades, and I'm always trying to find something new. Like, blogging yeah. was too time-consuming, but I found podcasting to be kind of interesting. Yeah, but I do, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and they are, I was thinking about maybe even starting my own, um, I was going to see how this one went, and then go from there, but um, but yeah, I'm really, really into podcasts at the minute, and I think they're really good, because they're just so convenient. You don't need to be sat down, you know, given all your attention to it you can listen to it whilst you're walking through mm-hmm. town while you're driving just doing whatever as long as you're not doing something that's taking your complete attention away you can just listen to it wherever yeah i actually have the the one podcast that kind of started it all i stumbled up on one day at work i was really bored and i was cleaning out my kennels and um she was like yeah you can listen to music or whatever if you know you're still doing your job so I started searching for podcasts that would be about like veterinary medicine and kind of teach me as I worked. Yeah. Long story short, couldn't find it. Ended up finding a true crime podcast and I was hooked. And ever since then, like it's my go-to, like on the drive home when the traffic's bad and all of that. Like I'm sitting there listening to it. My mom's like, you don't ever complain about traffic anymore. And I'm like, no, because I sit here and I'm just like listening, waiting to see who did it this time. And I'm like nail biting, listening to them talk about this case. And then I realize I'm home. Yeah, that's I'm exactly the same. As soon as I'm stuck in traffic, I'm straight into a podcast. As soon as I get in the car, and I know it's a long enough drive to listen to a podcast. There's one straight on, and yeah, like you say, it doesn't matter if you get stuck in traffic or you get held up, you can sit there for as long as you want because you're listening to your podcast. Yeah, and they're really different for each person. Like, if you start one, yours is probably going to have a more focused and structured flow than mine. Mine is very open. Like, I, I like 
the open dialect kind of unscripted where we just talk and see what happens because I yeah. find that more of the funny natural conversations come out that way yeah definitely yeah it's not so much like you're speaking just to a robot who's predetermined speech yeah because like I just actually did please god I hope you know the answer to this I hope you say yes do you know who Sid Vicious is I'm gonna say no even though you want me to say yes dude you're from England you should know this what it's Sid Vicious he was the he was the um bass he played the bass guitar for the Sex Pistols Oh, okay, right, okay. Well, now I know, so. <laughs> okay, so now that that was just shattered, I'm going to actually change my um, trajectory for this sentence or this topic. But um, so I had my mom listen to the top, the post that I just did on Sid Vicious and like his whole life and everything. And she actually told me, she was like, I think it's better if somebody's actually on there with you and can give you feedback while you're going. Like, well, gee, thanks. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yes. When there's two people on there, it's it is good to listen to. Um, yeah, when two people just bounce ideas off each other and they're asking questions. But then all the, but then saying that most of the podcasts I listen to are just one one person recording given their own thoughts there is a couple that i listen to that they bring guests on but um but yeah most of the podcasts i listen to they're all just on their own see some of them are on their own um but i have so many different interests like we said earlier so with like my crime interest i have a friend who like is super into it with me and he and i were thinking about sitting down and doing maybe like a season that we do together going over the different true crime things that have been going on in America, like, um, trying yeah. to think of the name, like, just the, sounds really bad, but, like, the serial killers and, like, all of the true crime things that we've really dealt with in our lifetime, and, um, we were thinking about doing a, kind of a whole thing on that, and then I also just try to educate people on things like who Sid Vicious is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, people like educate people like me. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's okay. I mean, I was I was a little let down. I thought, I thought you would. I thought you died here, but it's all right. My parents lived through the seventies, and I'm like, how do you not know this? Like you lived through well, it. Maybe I should. Yeah, maybe I should listen to the podcast that you've done, and then I'll be <laughs> educated on it. Then <laughs> maybe. But, um, yeah, and even when I do them on my own, I still try to add, like, my own personal flair. Like, there was yeah. one part about, like, how he actually got his nickname or whatever, and I literally said, you know, th this is kind of a dull story. Like, I didn't, I expected it to be more legendary than this, and my mom started laughing, and she's like, oh, my God, I was thinking the same thing, and you actually said it. So I try to keep it a little more interesting that way. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. Uh, I'll, I will actually have to give that podcast a listen to then. Yeah, I just started this new one, um, A Dose of Knowledge, because I know all these, like, random things, and people get sick of hearing me, like, 
educating them on random things all the time. So I made a platform where I could do that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I've not, I've never seen this app before that we, that you record. Do you record all your podcasts on this app? Yeah. Um, so it's actually free to use and, um, you can invite friends like I did with you and, um, you can do it with people all over the world. You can have like followers or whatever that listen to your podcast. They can send voice messages. So the one that I started listening to it's called Crime Junkie. And a lot of people will um, use voice messages and send in like stories that they want them to like talk about or research. Or um, they have this thing where like they actually throw in like good news in somebody's life like on top of all of the crime that they talk about. And people leave those notes through voice messages. Oh, right. that's really good. I've never, because most of my podcasts that I listen to are on the Apple Podcast app because um, I'm on the iOS. Um, so, yeah, I listen to them all on there. Um, but now I've got this app, I might have to give some of them on here a check out. Well, that's actually the cool thing about this is once, like, my first podcast that I did with my friend is actually on Apple Podcasts just because it had a decent amount of episodes. Okay. So right at first, it um the first one is like stays on Anchor, and then like I think when you get to your second, it'll go to like Spotify, and by the time you get to like three or four, that's when Apple Podcasts will pick it up and stuff like that, and that's how you get heard through there. Okay, I see. Mm-hmm. That's um that's really good. I think from. From this, I'm going to start recording a few podcasts on here, and then once I've got a few episodes set up, and then, um, yeah, then see see if I can get it sent over to Spotify and who knows. Yeah, they actually send it out for you too. So, oh, do they? Yeah, literally, all you do is record it, and they have like places where you can add background music or like interludes or sounds, like like drum rolls or whatever, and um. You can edit it all through there. You can import stuff from your phone if you have, like, recorded audio. And um, once you get it all set up, you just kind of put a description, like, the title of the podcast, and, like, hit publish, and Anchor does the rest. That's really interesting. I mean, that's really handy as well. You say it takes a lot of the work out that you've got to do yourselves. Yeah, it's super easy. And they mm. deliver it to, like, sound... SoundCloud, SoundHub, which one is it? SoundCloud, is it? SoundCloud. Yeah. And um, it's got SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and like several more. So, That's really good. Yeah, I mean, it's That's really, really helpful. And so then, how many, what? How many podcasts have you done so far now, then? So, on my first one, before I kind of decided to go in a different direction with my podcast, um, I did about, I think, 10 on there. And then I've done, like, two on this one. And then once I publish this one you and I are doing, it'll be 13 in total. Oh, wow. I've got a few podcasts. Yeah, it just, um, Mm. it takes a lot to build up. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, once you've got the ball rolling and you've got you've got a good bunch of topics you want to speak about, how often do you do one? Do you do one weekly or do you do one? 
So normally, I normally I want to do them weekly, but it's kind of like a schedule. You can schedule it too, which is what I like. So like I can schedule this one to post next week this time if I wanted to. Ah, okay, so you can pre-record them and then just set them to set them to post next week. Basically, yeah. And um, at the beginning though, to get everything distributed. I'm learning that you have to do, like, I, I pretty much, when I start one up, I post daily. Yeah. And um, so it starts getting distributed to all these places. And once the distribution gets out there and it's on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and, like, these bigger platforms, then I kind of start slowing down and getting, getting set in a rhythm of, like, maybe once a week. Yeah. And I just record when I have time and then set it to post on its own. That's really handy as well. Very. It's kind of the um, hidden gem of the technology world. Yeah. Yeah, it, it helps us out so much more than we know. Mm-hmm. Especially since you travel so much. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Um, everyone just everyone just loves to try and travel as much as they can, I suppose, don't they? You just got to try, and there's so much to the world and so many countries that, yeah, have so many amazing uh, experiences and so many different cultures. You've got to try your hardest to try and experience as many of them as you can. So jealous. But still not still not been to America yet, though, so <laughs> it's on the list. Hey, well, you at least you know somebody here. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> Totally. I mean, I suppose the reason why, yeah, I suppose the reason why I'm not been to America yet is because I want a kind of a long break away from everything so I can, because you can't just come to America for a week, really. You've got to come over there for quite a while and try and experience as many different states as you can. Well, I think it takes about two weeks if you drive cross country, but I don't know how, how many states you can see that way. You'll see most of them. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be the best way that I'd like to explore America is by a road trip. Good luck. <laughs> yeah, a lot of driving. <laughs> yeah. But it it would be so much fun. I've always wanted to go on a cross-country road trip. Yeah. Yeah, it'd just be amazing. Um, and there's so many good views and good places to visit in America as well. Um, what are you... Hmm? So where have you not been in America? Is there anywhere that you've not been? <laughs> have you been to most states? No. I don't get out much. Is um, there anywhere that anywhere that you don't like in America? That you just would that you just say, look, no, nah, it's all right. I don't want to ever go there. I mean you have the flyover states that nobody really visits. Yeah, so sort of like the little states that are on the map but no one really yeah I mean I mean like and but those aren't super tiny states like Rhode Island's super tiny but people visit it but like Ohio they visit like maybe one city this and it's the same with like Illinois and Indianapolis and stuff like that they visit okay. maybe one city yeah but like in Georgia you have Atlanta Savannah those are the main two, but there's so much history in those two, especially Savannah, because okay. 
like during the American Civil War, Sherman actually had his march through the South and he stopped when he got to Savannah and it was the only town he did not burn because of his cotton. He gifted it to our current president or not current president, but current at the time. Um, He gifted it to him as I think like a birthday gift or something, but it was because of the cotton and the beauty, I believe. Obviously, I need to brush up on my history, but you can actually follow some of the Civil War trails out in this area. A lot of people have done that and like taken a metal detector and come up with some pretty cool stuff. That's really good, that is. That's really interesting. I never knew that. Mm-hmm. But um, I love Florida, too, because it has Disney World. Yeah. I think, yeah, everyone that goes to Florida has to visit uh, the Disney World there. But then there's also a Disneyland in California, which is kind of like Disney World, but it's just condensed into two massive parks versus, like, four smaller parks. Okay. I didn't know there was two over there. Mm-hmm. One on each end of the country, pretty much. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, I suppose that does make sense for means people have to travel a lot less then. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's never been that big of a deal for us. Like, if we want to go, we just drive four hours. But we, my mom and I were talking about it the other day, and she's like, can you believe that some people, like, actually have to fly down here just to go to Disney World? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people do have to fly just to come and visit the place. So, Especially for us, it's a long flight if we want to come over and visit. Oof. Actually, my my first trip to Disney World, we met a family from Australia. Oh, who, wow. Yeah. They beat us any day, yeah, for the flight time. Definitely. But um, that was really cool. And... Honestly, you meet so many people from so many different places there. And you do, yeah. Epcot actually has this place called um, the World Showcase where they have, it looks like, kind of like little pieces of the different ta- of the different places in Europe and Mexico and Asia. Wow. And they have, um, they have a United Kingdom stop. They have a France stop. Germany. Yeah. It was just like. It's so cool. And you can actually eat, like, food from the area. Like, that's what they serve in the restaurants in that area. That's really... I love I love Asian food. I think they cook, they cook some amazing dishes. I like Mexican food. Yeah, Mexican... I mean, yeah. I think I like... I like foreign food more than... More than British food. I'll have that any day of the week. What do you guys mainly eat, um, I suppose you have your, like, your traditional, um, you know, you have, like, all our, tr- I mean, well, if you go out to a restaurant, for example, you have, like, your traditional English dishes, like, you have, like, you know, your fish and chips, you have your pie, chips and gravy, uh, for breakfast, you have your, you know, your classic full English breakfast. Um, so, yeah, we have all just traditional dishes, um, and then most places serve, you know, a selection of of uh, dishes from other countries as well. Or you can go, just like you can in America, you can go to a certain country's restaurant. Okay. I think it's so funny here because, like, when people come, like, 
my ex, when his family came down, they were like, what is the one place that, like, is iconic and we have to eat here while we're in Savannah? And I'm like, meh. I don't know. I mean, like, New Orleans, you would say, you know, you've got to try Cajun food. Um, yeah. Chicago, New York, you got to try the pizza. Here is just like, you know, there's, there, there's like, home, home-style food. <laughs> Just like chicken and gravy, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of interesting to me that I really cannot pinpoint a food that's like a staple for yeah. this area. Yeah, it's just sort of whatever food you're into, you'll go and eat. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned traveling. What all countries have you been to? Um, I've been to, I don't know how many I've been to, um, traveled through europe um, a lot um yeah i've done most of um most of europe there's just a few little countries that i've not done yet that i'd like to do um italy is one country that i'd still really like to visit that's next on the list that's always uh, on my list yeah that's that's still really that's probably gonna be the next place i visit and then my family's most... actually from there oh really yeah my oh, grandmother was full-blooded italian Oh, wow. Yeah, my great-grandparents actually came over through Ellis Island. So you want to go back and visit Italy from where the family started? I guess so. I guess that's just kind of, well, that is just such a beautiful place. Like, there's so many places to go there. You've got Venice. Oh, yeah. So much history behind it as well. Yeah, I really love to learn about. Me too. I'm such a history nerd. And then, um, yeah, so I think Italy and then sort of out of Europe, the countries that I want to visit next would be Australia and America, really. Um, I definitely, I'd really love to visit Australia. Uh, I would too. Yeah, that's probably um, when it gets slightly colder here towards Christmas, that might be a trip over to America when it stops snowing here. Or a trip to Australia where it's, where it's uh, sunny on Christmas Day. So it depends on where you go in America as if it's going to be like warm and sunny. Yeah. If you go like North America, no. Yeah, I know some places get really cold. A lot worse than what we... What what is like cold for you guys? So when we say we have winter, we, we don't have a winter compared to some countries. I mean, the coldest we'll get here is you know, sort of like minus five. Max. Oh my god! I'd say that. Yeah, I'd say max. Really, um, our max here is like twenty nine. <laughs> <laughs> and even at that point, you will still find me bundled up outside, going, "I'm not made for the cold." Yeah, I mean, so yeah, that's how cold it gets, how warm it gets. I mean, we've just come into the end of our summer. We've had. Um, I think the, one of the hottest temperatures recorded was around the 35 degree mark. Um, so yeah, we've had we've had some uh, we've had a nice summer, but um, it's we sort of get the mild temperatures. We have sort of mild summer and a mild winter, whereas some places in America, or Australia, have a really hot summer, but That's then also nice. a really cold winter as well. We don't have a really cold winter. We have a really, really hot and humid summer, though. 
because Savannah is surrounded by a lot of marshland and really close is like on the coast kind of. So we get a lot of the humidity from all of the marsh and yeah. the, the rivers and creeks and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine it gets way it's really when the humidity is at its highest. I can imagine it's it's hard work. Yeah. I just realized something. You said 30-something degrees was, like, the high. Is that Celsius? Yeah, Celsius, yeah. Okay, yeah, we're Fahrenheit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if it was Fahrenheit, (laughs) you'd be a bit worried. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, 30 degrees is that high? Wait a minute, that does not sound right. Yeah, that's not very high if we was talking Fahrenheit. (laughs) (laughs) That's, That's what I don't get. Everything we do is so, like ass backwards from every other country yeah because also when we talk about weight you guys do it all in pounds don't you and we do it in kilos oh i'd rather do it in kilos yes it's a lot well i mean i suppose it looks a lot better yeah i mean kilos is yeah so if you go to the gym for example all the weights are in kilos yeah, I actually, so we had a gym down here and certain, certain um, cable towers were different weights and then I lifted, I was like, what the heck, man, I was lifting this the other day like it was cake and the first time I was working out with it was like, Megan, did you check and see if you were on the, like, the kilogram machine or if you're on the pound machine? And I was like, no, I didn't know we had that. <laughs> We had it, and I was hardcore struggling. Like when the when the weights back went back up, so did I. That's good though. How you have a kilogram machine and a pound machine. Yeah, it, they but they called it something different. They were like, "It's like the heavy machine," and I'm like, "I think it's just weighted different." Yeah, <laughs> I don't think it's like <laughs> the heavy machine. The heavy machine. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, I found that kind of interesting too, though, especially since I was going through like my personal training and nutrition courses at the time. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because you've been through all them, haven't you? Now you're. How long, how long have you been a personal trainer for now? I actually. So I finished the personal training, the fitness aspect. I got certified in it in April. And okay. the nutrition, I finished it and got certified with it in May. Okay. And actually, mine is, like, the International um, Sports Science Association. So, if I were to, like, move overseas somewhere in Europe, I could still work as a trainer because it's still accepted over there. Yeah, that's really good that I've got it internationally recognized. Mm-hmm. But then a lot of places here, like, certain gyms wouldn't recognize, they, like, they wanted another type of um another type of certification because they didn't want to accept this one. So right. I was like, I don't, I don't really get it. If it's good enough to go internationally. Yeah. Why is it not good enough for, for the Amer- for America? I don't know. That's just, that's just how a lot of things work around here. Yes. Yeah, it'd be the same in the UK as well. It'd be good enough for worldwide, but it's still not good enough for the UK. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite place to travel to that you have been? Ooh, um, my favorite place. 
I'd probably say I'd probably say Cuba. You've been to Cuba? Yeah. I went um last summer. Okay. Um, I was yeah. about to say that must be pretty recent because it wasn't until recently that they actually opened it up. Yeah, so it was really interesting over there because of the history and what they were allowed and what they weren't allowed to do. Um, so it's really good over there. Uh, you see a lot, especially driving through the towns and, um, you know, what sort of, yeah, you get to chat to people and seeing their experiences. And then, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Really interesting country. And I've heard that, like, most of Cuba still kind of looks like it would have like way back when like it hasn't modernized is that true yeah, yeah there's um there's quite a lot of infrastructure problems there yeah the towns are falling apart and yeah the buildings are, are really well looked after um so yeah some of the towns some of the buildings are you know are okay not all of them are, are falling down but some of them that you drive some of the towns you drive through yeah the the buildings are in the best condition Okay. That's really interesting. I've always wanted to travel, but I've never had the time or the means to do it with. And then I had my little boy, so it's like, well Yeah, it is as soon as yeah, as soon as you become a mother it's hard to until yeah. you grow up to a certain age, you know, where you can take them away with you easily. It's Yeah, we tried to take hard. him to the mountains, um, to Tennessee when he was how old was he? He was like a year and a half. That was the longest six-hour drive of my life. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not as easy now, is it? It's just jumping no. in the car and away you go. It's you've got to put a lot more thought into it. I think we watched the same season because I only had one season of that show at the time that he was into, and I think we watched that season on replay the entire trip there and back. Like it was to the point that all of the adults in the car could sing along with the show and not miss a beat. It was that. It was that bad. <laughs> yeah, you know it word for word now. I yeah, I, actually, I still do. <laughs> but yeah, no, I actually, I'm kind of enjoying this because now I can go see kids' movies and not get looked at weird. Yeah. Yeah. So now you can go see all your favorite shows. Yeah. My mom's like, I think you, because I've been, I've been wanting to see The Secret Life of Pets, too, and we finally got it the other night, and I, my mom's like, I think you're just, I don't think he really likes the movie, I think you do. Oh. Oh, what is on here? Hello? Hey. Are you back, yeah? Yeah. Wonderful Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi glitches. That happens a lot with um, these kind of calls for me. Yeah, the, the internet here does, does fluctuate a bit. Sometimes it drops in and out. Mm-hmm. And like certain ways, if I turn my head to the left, I'm going to lose service. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so most of my shows are always like thrown in some kind of funny Wi-Fi glitch. Like, there was one I did on my old podcast with my friend and then a friend of ours that we knew in high school. And a piece of the podcast, they were on there like, I don't think Megan's here. Can Megan hear anything? And then it kind of flip-flopped. And then 
me and my best friend were on there and we're like, I don't think Dylan's here. Can he hear anything? And listening to the listening to the playback from that was actually quite funny. <laughs> well, yeah, well, you could just hear both sides of it, even though you couldn't hear each other at the time. Yeah, and my friend was like, you can get rid of that, can't you? I'm like, I'm not that good, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we're just going to have to roll with it and put in the description, please enjoy the Meyer Wi-Fi glitch. Yeah, halfway through. But yeah, no, that happens to me a lot. Yeah, it does, yeah, the incest. The internet's quite bad here at times as well. So what time is it over there? Um, it's currently just coming up to 20 to midnight. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I know, yeah. It's, so you're, what, five hours behind? Yeah, it's like 6.39 here. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's 23.39 here, yeah. So. Wait, do y'all do like 24-hour time too? Yeah, I do 24-hour time, yeah. You do, or, like, the nation as a whole? Um, I'd say it's a mix. You'll find some people talk and say, you know, 7 o'clock this evening, or you will hear some people say, you know, 1900. Yeah, I would have to, like, be adding numbers up on my fingers all the time. That was exactly the same, and the easiest way I got over that was I just set my phone to 24 hours and then looking at the time constantly on your phone you just pick up the 24 hour time i feel like the first time that i were to do that it would be really it would either be really bad or really funny depending on what things i had going on that day just staring at the the screen adding up the time yeah and we also i don't know if you guys do it too but we have daylight savings so like we will um, spring forward an hour at certain parts of the year. And then once it gets later on in the year, like um, I want to say sometime in September, maybe October, I don't know, really bad at daylight yeah, savings. Yeah, we're the same as well. We change okay. savings times. So our clocks are due to go back in October, I believe. Oh, yep, it's October. Yeah. So the nights start getting a lot darker. But, you know, some countries like Japan doesn't do that. Really? No, um, my ex-husband, my son's father, he was stationed in Japan for a lot of our marriage. And um, whenever we would spring forward an hour, it was really good because we got like an extra hour to be able to talk because he wouldn't have to go to bed right as I was getting up. Of course, but yeah. When, yeah, when we would drop back that hour, it was really difficult to like try and talk and stuff. Yeah, because then, of course, she lost the hour. Yeah, I was like, all right, whose day is it to stay up er or wake up early and whose day is it to go to bed late? What? Yeah, sorry, we're back. Yeah, we had just another small little glitch there. Oh. I had no idea. I I think I was talking to myself then. Oh, all right. No, it only cut out for a split second. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you were saying whose turn was it to stay up? Yeah, it was like either who's it was like was it my is it my time to stay up late or my time to wake up early so that we can talk? Like we kind of had to switch it off sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine that was quite difficult trying to find time to talk. Yeah, it kind of sucked. But you know. Yeah, you just got to try and make it work the best you can, haven't you? Yeah. 
That's one thing. Um, having a lot of friends in the military ta- has, has taught me is that you kind of have to be thankful for the time that you are able to make it work and yeah. not focus on how hard it might be to make it work. Yeah. Yeah, you've definitely, yeah, you've just got to look at the positive side. Yeah, it, it's some day, some days it does feel kind of hard, especially if, you know, like you're really just needing to talk to that specific person or whatever. But overall, it's not that bad. Like a lot of people complain about being like involved with military personnel and they're significant other being overseas and having to deal with the time but for us since he was like stationed over there it was not that big of a deal but for those who are like in the active war zones it does really really hit them harder and also our marine corps does these deployments where they'll go out on a boat and they'll have a boat deployment for nine months and you can only talk whenever they hit ports and can get Wi-Fi, or you might get like an email once, twice a week if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah, it's really difficult when they can't talk, and like say when they are out in an active area. Yeah, but I think it's one of the things that, as a whole, we've just kind of gotten used to because our guys are always out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's hard because there's never any break, is they? guys are always out doing something honestly not since i've been alive like ever since i was six we've been sending men and women out for something yeah so it's just kind of the way i grew up yeah you've not known any different yeah and it's kind of odd because my parents grew up in pretty much a time of peace i would say but now we've got that whole world terrorism thing, and there's it's just not a time of peace. Yeah, yeah, it's really it is really difficult times at the minute. And yeah, there's a lot of people they are being sent out, especially from America as well. The, the America, America do send out a lot of troops. Yeah, we do. We um, we send out a lot. We unfortunately lose a lot that way because we are constantly sending them out. Yeah, yeah, it's just. The unfortunate side of of the job, but don't you got you guys send out a lot too with us? Like, aren't yeah, don't, don't we normally? Yeah, work a lot together. Yeah, definitely. yeah, yeah. So we send out as many as as we can as well. Um, so yeah, and we're exactly the same. Unfortunately, some people don't come back, and that's you know the, the sad side of the, of the, the job. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's been the uh, military has always been one of my fascinations, though, yeah. and um, mostly just the history behind it. Back to the history side of things, I guess. I guess that's just where my heart lies is in history. But I actually, as a kid, I had this game tablet, and I could whip through like all of the European countries. Like it would um. There was one page that showed you the names of the countries. Yeah. And um, there was one page where it was like, it just showed you the map and it would time you to find the countries. And my mom was amazed. She's like, how do you do that in like 30 seconds? And you can't even find the states in America. I'm like, it it bores me. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's true. <laughs> She's like, you can find this tiny country called Latvia and Lithuania, but you cannot find like Wyoming. I'm like, nope. Yeah, you can find. Yeah, <laughs> there's. I mean, there is a lot of states in the um, in America to remember. There really is, but at the same time, there's a lot of countries in Europe too. Yeah, there is. Yeah. Yeah, but I've always found European history more interesting than American history. I feel like I'm going to get so much crap for actually saying that out loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely from people your size. Oh, yeah. You're like, well, why don't you just move there? Well, you know what? I'd love to. Okay. Yeah, well, I would we... love to live in London. It's lo- the tr- London is really nice. It's so much to do, and it's really. Yeah, really, really nice area. Um, certain parts are, but it is expensive. I mean, um, I think someone was um, watching someone on Snapchat, and he, he he was from America, and he came over to the UK, and he was saying the for the money that you spend and the size you get in London is so small compared to the money that you'd spend and the size you'd get, say, in a hotel. Um, in America. I've actually seen that a lot on the yeah. show I used to watch called like House Hunters International. And um apparently it's just that way all over Europe because they would go in and things that they would want or the the type of apartment they would get in America would have way more space, way more storage and all of that than what they would get in foreign countries yeah because i don't know we're so extravagant here that we don't really think about downsizing and living more of a minimalistic lifestyle yeah everyone's always always upgrading and moving on to the next the next big thing yeah but that's what i've always kind of I guess that's kind of what's always drawn me to be more fascinated with Europe is that a lot of the countries still are, or at least have towns that are still that minimalistic lifestyle and just the architectural beauty of it all and just the air of simplicity. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, some of the house prices are are so ridiculous in London. And I bet for the same money in America, you could get a mansion almost. Well, depends on how big of a mansion you want and what you consider a mansion. Yeah. So do you actually live in London or do you live on like the outskirts? Uh, No, so I live um, in Colchester, which is yet on about just over an hour away. Okay. So not too far away. Okay. Oh, hey, maybe you can explain something to me. I saw something on one of your posts that said like Su- I'm probably I knew I'm going to pronounce this wrong, but it said like Sussex. What what is that? Oh, Essex. There's... Yeah. Okay. See, I told you I was pronouncing it wrong. So we have, so you have basically a county, um, and it's basically just. Yeah, a group of towns or cities in one county. So it's just a large group, basically. Um, and then you have counties everywhere. So, for example, Essex 
has a group of towns within it and then you'll have another county from another group of towns and cities in it and it's just the easiest way to group together um, all the towns and cities in one area um, so it's easier to identify okay areas. that makes sense yeah so it's just basically just a larger just a larger group for towns and cities Okay, because I would always, like, see that and then, like, with um, the royalties, it was, like, the Duchess of, what, how did you say that, Essex? Of Sussex. Sussex. Yeah. Right? Oh, hey, I got it right that time. Yeah. Yeah. Third time's a charm. So, so that's mainly where I would see it or, like, in people's posts on Instagram, and I'm like, what does this mean? Yeah, there's... There will be a lot of locations you'll get confused of in the UK. Well, I would definitely need a tour guide. Yeah. Don't worry, yeah. That could be the tour guide for when you come over. <laughs> Don't worry, that'll be a long time coming. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. It'll be, it is difficult for you to get over. That and I'd have to get over my fear of flying. Oh, okay, you have a fear of flying. I've never been on an airplane. Oh, really? Yeah. So if how I do you get flying, though, if you know you're on the plane? Okay, that's a really good question. <laughs> a very, very good question. Yeah. You don't know that you've, you don't know that you're scared of something until you've tried it. Or had a bad experience with it. A very good outlook. So, uh, so now there's no reason to be scared of flying. Well, thank you. You've cured my fear of flying. <laughs> Somehow, I don't think you're going to be so lucky um, with curing my fear of skydiving, though. Have you ever skydived? We're not. We're not even going to go on. <laughs> no I haven't but I know in my gut I probably shouldn't Yeah, I, can I just see think why. it's a bad idea yeah I can see are you scared of heights I'm scared of falling yeah yeah so I can see why I'd be scared of skydiving them. yeah I mean like I don't mind like higher up things and like looking down but if it's like, one time I did this little obstacle course thing, and, I mean, it was not that high up. It was, like, maybe three stories, and I was trapped in. But, yeah, so walking on this little wire up there and, like, doing the obstacle course, I had a few moments where I was like, I'm not moving from this one spot. Yeah, yeah, you just got the fear of falling mm-hmm. off the top. Yeah. Also, it's, you, could over, you could overcome that. It's kind of odd that you can be that you can be okay with heights, but scared of falling. But yeah, that's me. But yet I like roller it? coasters. And I suppose that's okay because you're strapped in, so you, you've not really got that fear there, have you? Not really. My first roller coaster, I was petrified. Um, I had a friend that literally. I mean, I was like, maybe. 110 pounds soaking wet at the time. I think it was like 14 before I found made to go on one. Pretty much picked me up, threw me over his shoulder. He was like an order. 
I don't have a brother, but he was that figure. And he got me on to this roller coaster. It had like a 275 foot drop and three massive loops. And that was my first roller coaster. I bet that was good fun. There was a few times I was like, don't, don't puke, don't loot, don't do it, don't do it. <laughs> I didn't do it though, and I was proud of myself. Yeah, that's good. It's, that's what it's all about. Finding <laughs> something that you're uncomfortable doing and pushing yourself for it. Mm-hmm. And I actually, since then, I've ended up really liking them. I still get kind of anxious going, like waiting in line if I've never ridden it before. Yeah. But once I get on and experience it, I'm like the first one in line. Yeah, you want to go again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was really good. I'm glad you're not scared of it now. Yeah, it took a while, but I learned. You got there. What about you? Um, no, I'm I'm okay with, with heights and roller coasters. Have you ever been skydiving? Um, yes, I have, yeah. Um, Why well, am I not surprised? But, um... But I was okay with it. I mean, everyone gets a little bit anxious, don't they? Um, but once you've done it once and you know what to expect. If you That's sort, true. Yeah, once you know what to expect next time, you know, you know how bad to cope with it. So you have solved my fear of flying. Taught me... Or, said that it was okay that I was scared of skydiving and talked about my experiences with roller coasters. What would you, what kind of advice could you give to somebody that's scared to try something new that maybe doesn't involve heights or flying? Like blanket advice of putting yourself out there, trying something new outside your comfort zone. Um, I think that's, I just think that's what it's all about. Um, you know, there was, if you think of like your comfort zone at the minute and then you think of how you were last year, you probably thought that the things that are in your comfort zone now, you were probably scared of or uncomfortable to do a year ago, but you did them and then now you're more than comfortable with you doing it. So the easiest way I'd say to think of someone to overcome their fear is once you've done it, you've broke that barrier in a couple of months time, that will be on your comfort zone. And then you'll think back, to yourself oh, a couple of months ago I was scared of doing that and now I'm perfectly fine with it so when you face the next challenge you know that as soon as you break the back of it you do it you're doing it once then that becomes your new comfort zone um, and I think the easiest way as well is just take it step by step a lot of people when they look at something that they're scared of or they're uncomfortable with they'll look at the whole task and they'll think Jesus it's quite overwhelming but if you break it down step by step and think, just take it, I don't know, minute by minute or hour by hour, it's actually not that bad. Hmm, that's actually really good advice because I am one of those people that look at the situation as a whole, freak out and don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, when if you just, for example, skydiving, for example, if you're scared of skydiving, just break it down. So don't even think about jumping out of the plane, just focus on putting on the parachute first. And then once you've got over that, okay, right now let's just focus on getting in the plane. And then once you're in the plane, right now let's focus on just getting out the door. And then you just try and forget about everything that's coming up. That was a very nice...
be okay with skydiving yeah. but i hope it worked for somebody that hears this because it ain't working for me yeah but no i think it's just yeah i mean it, it is scary pushing your, your comfort zone your limits but i think that's what it's all about um and it's all mental it's just all all mental your body will do anything it can achieve a hell of a lot more than what you think it can that's so true i i keep coming across this like kind of I guess it's not, it's not really a quote because it doesn't have an author but I guess a saying that your body like you said can achieve anything it's your mind that holds you back yeah yeah it's always your mind that's going to fail first because we're just programmed I mean the, I mean, I suppose it's just the way the world is we are programmed quite negative and to worry about failure and you know and I mean I suppose it's I was having a chat to someone about this the other day that in the way the school system is and the way that it's it's almost backwards in school you're sort of you're told off for failing if you fail an exam you know you get looked down on you get told off or you get an answer wrong you you're not encouraged to make those mistakes Um, whereas in life you fail first you learn the lesson and then you get it right um, whereas in school, it seems to be the opposite way around. So I suppose that then when you become an adult, you leave school, it's really difficult to get used to failing and get used to not succeeding at things right away, which is, you know, how it's going to be. You know, that actually makes a lot of sense. Like growing up, I was I was that sick man kid that could like sit in class and listen and then just, like, ace the test. Never studied nothing. Like, yeah. I, if I got, like, a C, I was, I was done for. I was, like, shattered. And I still am that way with my college to this day. Like, my mom's, like, some classes you're just going to have to power through and just accept the grade you get and know that you tried your best. And, like, I need an A. Yeah. And I, that that's kind of how I am. And I think that's why coming out of school and into the real world, I struggled so much at first because I wasn't used to failing. Yeah. I wasn't used to having to like persevere through things. Like it just all came naturally for me. I never had to try sports school. It was all natural and easy. Life was the hard part. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It's yeah. When you leave school, you realize and you come into life and you realize actually it's so much different to, what you what you thought about it it'd be like in school another thing that i've found recently is um have you have you ever heard of bullet journaling i'm sure you have bullet journaling yeah i take it is that just i'm gonna what what is it before i think <laughs> before i say what i think it is and get it completely wrong okay. yeah maybe you haven't heard of it but it's like you take Instead of like a, a you know, like a line journal pages, yeah. they're like dotted and you can kind of like draw graphs and kind of see, visualize things. Okay. So I had this one that I started doing, it was like a year in color and like you kind of color coded your days as like the, the worst day ever and eh, great day, most amazing, you know, you get the point, but then you color it in with those different colors each day. And overall, when I got to looking, I was like, you know, when it came to the end of the day, 
this day that I was like done with and just like irritated all day about, I kind of marked it as not that bad of a day. Yeah. So it kind of served to show me that it's really not as bad as I think it is. It's just a bad moment, not a bad day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, most people, when they say they've had a bad day, they haven't had a bad day. They've just had a bad, say, half an hour, but they've let that run out and ruin the rest of their day. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of people come to me and they'll say, like, if I chat to them, oh, they've had a, oh, I've had a really bad day and they'll list everything that's gone wrong but then you just say to him well now tell me everything that's been good about your day and they're like oh well actually i caught up with so and so earlier i managed to get this sorted and then they actually start to feel a little bit more optimistic about their day yeah that's one thing that my mom's been trying to help me a lot yeah. with she and i are very close and um she's like you never say positive things about your day or whatever she's like i thought you loved your job i'm like i do i love my job i love the animals it's like well then what's wrong and i'm like well this client just annoyed me or whatever this thing i had to deal with or you know the fact that i only sometimes get to do tech work because i'm kind of still building myself and working my way up because i don't officially have my degree yet even though even though actually in the state of georgia you can work as a vet tech without having the degree um, you can kind of go based on apprenticeship kind of thing, but since I'm going to school, they're kind of starting me out at like the front desk type thing. And like, I will help in the back some, and sometimes that does get to me and she's like, okay, but on the bright side, you have your foot in the door. You have a beautiful, healthy little boy waiting for you at home. You have family that loves you. You know, you were able to get the car that you've been wanting ever since you wrecked the last one. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, she she's often that sounding board for me to where she is like, all right, well, you're being really negative right now, so let me tell you the positives in your life that you're not seeing. Exactly, yeah. That's what a lot of it is, is, is looking at what you do have in life rather than what you don't have. Mm-hmm. And I've always learned, and I've learned recently, life is better with a dog. With a dog? Yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a dog, but um, I have friends. And friends. Don't have a dog? No, I don't know. Okay, if you had to have, like, right now, if you had to pick any breed of dog, what would it be? Oh, I don't know. That is a tough question. There's just so many breeds. Um, I think oh. I think I'd definitely rescue Um to sort of yeah to sort of do my bit to help help the uh the dogs that were less fortunate but i don't know i definitely i don't know what breed it'd be okay okay that was not really the question but that was really sweet so i'll take it yeah. <laughs> okay all right that's it I'm, I'm just a sucker for a dog yeah they are they are like, really cute Ever since I've been doing that since like the beginning of April, I think I've tried to bring home about seven animals. <laughs> I'm currently on a live animal ban though. Yeah, I can imagine that yeah, in your job you just want to bring home every animal that you see. Oh my gosh, I do. Um but if I had to pick a dog, I would choose and this is based on a dog that I actually kept when I was working in the kennels. 
I would pick um, either an American Eskimo dog just because they're smart and they learn tricks really quick and they're really yeah. kind of quirky, fun dogs. Or I would pick a Bernese Mountain dog because I yeah. absolutely fell in love with one. Like she so much since I switched clinics. Like that dog was like my love. I loved her to death. If my day was bad, I would just open the door to her kennel and go sit in there with her. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I could definitely do your job and spend every day with animals. That's the one part I miss about the kennels is being more interactive with yeah. the dogs. I don't get that up front, but I know career-wise it's the best step to go where I need to be. Yeah, because no matter what, no matter what, how bad your day's been, just seeing the dogs will definitely just cheer you up. Oh my gosh, we had one the other day that its ears looked like it had pigtails, and it was the cutest thing. I just, I was like, all right, that's it. I'm, I'm getting back from around <laughs> the desk, and I ran out front. I was like, I've got to love it. I've got to love on it. But no, dogs oh, yeah. are definitely my weakness. Yeah, they are. They are really cute. But yeah, that that whole live animal band, I can't really blame my parents for that. <laughs> no, neither can I. Can you imagine that they, yeah. They didn't want oh, anyone. you don't even know the half of it. <laughs> so, at one point in time, I had two hermit crabs, a wild rabbit I was trying to rescue, and that's actually a story all in itself, and quite a funny one at that. Um, two dogs, or actually three dogs at this point in time, um, oh, two, two. I hadn't had my inside dog yet, so I had two dogs, one cat, two hermit crabs, and a wild rabbit that I tried to rescue. My dad's like, no more. <laughs> but in his defense, the wild rabbit, I actually, so I think you guys call them quads, but we were riding four wheelers out yeah. in the field and we came across this baby rabbit. We knew there were, like, foxes in the area, so we tried to bring it home. And, you know, we couldn't find the mother, and we didn't want it to get killed by a fox. So we pick it up, we drive it back, and my friend's mom was like, you're not keeping it. The guy I was with at the time, his mom was like, uh, no, it better not be at my house. So I was, by default, left to take the animal. <laughs> and I text my mom, who was actually at the hospital with my grandmother at the time. Mom, I'm bringing home a rabbit. And she's like, she's like, you're in so much trouble. It better not be there. I'm like, yeah, um, it's here. But this is where it gets quite funny. So we, the girl that I was hanging out with, she stayed the night with me. And we put the rabbit in a cooler in my bathroom. Okay. But then the cooler we thought was like airtight, right? So we crack it because we're like, it's a tiny, it's a rabbit. Rabbits can jump, but it's a tiny rabbit in a big cooler. It's not going to get out. Didn't think to shut the bathroom doors. <laughs> Wake up the next morning. This rabbit is gone. And so my dad had come in from work and we're like looking all around for this rabbit. He's like sleeping in the bed and I'm like, I really hope he never hears this. And <laughs> Yeah. and we were like crawling around looking under the bed and like looking in there for the stupid little rabbit that I had lost in the house and well it wasn't in there my mom's like you better find that thing before he finds it 
<laughs> and so I could not find it. And finally, when he woke dad, um, did you happen to see like a rabbit jump out of the door when you came home this morning? He's like, did I happen to see what, where? And I'm like, a rabbit jump out of the door when you came in this morning? And he's like, I didn't see a rabbit. Why? I'm like, oh, no reason, no reason, no worries. And so, I mean, at this point, he's used not, to my crazy. He's used to my say, crazy. Not to it. it was a rabbit loose in the house then. Well, he just kind of brushed it off as like, whatever, at, th- at that point. So then my mom asked him again, because we still couldn't find the rabbit. And he's like, no, why do you keep talking about the stupid rabbit? We're like, oh, no, no, no reason. But I think he was just hoping that he wouldn't have to deal with the rabbit. Acting like he didn't hear us. Yeah. So we had the bright idea to set up lettuce traps in all the rooms in the house so we could find out where the rabbit was. Well, we got outsmarted by a baby rabbit. <laughs> it went to each and every individual little um, lettuce trap and ate pieces off of each of it so we couldn't track where it was. <laughs> yeah, it was very, very bad. And then finally we asked him again and he's like, all right, that's it. I've had it. What's with the rabbit? And so we had to tell him that I snuck in a rabbit. And he's like, well, I haven't seen this stupid rabbit. And we're like, all right. Um, then one night, about 11.50-ish, so like almost midnight, we're sitting there watching TV. And we see this little figure hop across <laughs> the living room. <laughs> and my mom goes, rabbit! <laughs> and then like this chase ensued for like an hour to catch the stupid rabbit. Oh, and every time we would like corner it to catch it, it would start like making noises at us. Like we were afraid that we were gonna like, get like scratched up. And the, the the me that I am today would just grab the rabbit and be done. But yeah. back then I was like, I would scream. My mom would scream. He's like, stop screaming and get the rabbit. <laughs> and then we finally cornered it in the living room. I mean, in the kitchen. Sorry, and got it into this little cage. And then after I got thoroughly told that if I brought any more animals into this house that were living, I would be in so much trouble, to put it nicely. Um, we got one of the dog's old kennels and tried to set up a house for the rabbit. And it was a small rabbit. And there, there, it was barred kennels on the front. My mom. What? I think it'll be okay. Rabbits aren't like rats. They can't squish through bars. I'm like, oh, okay. Cool. I think if it's going to be safe, because they were adamant it wasn't staying in the house. And um, I got up the next morning and my rabbit was gone. No way. Way. And it squished through the bars. And still (laughs) to this day, I'm not letting her live it down. I'm like, yeah, you're the one that got rid of the rabbit, didn't you? Never seen again. Actually, though, I did see a a rat, like a full grown bunny when I was pulling in the driveway the other day and I was like, wait a minute, is that Thumper? I imagine if it was. I, I'm really thinking it is because like why else would there be a random rabbit in my yard? Yeah, true. I don't know. But I really think it might have been, but um yeah. So I guess I can't blame the, the animal being Yeah, true. But yeah, that story was so funny that or actually, so just my personality wrapped up in a hole that it 
even ended up in the toast at my wedding. So the story's gone farther. Yeah, yeah the, the story has been told plenty of times over, and the world can hear it. Yeah, I'm sure that it's going to be told many more times as well. Well, it's, it's honestly one of the funniest things I've ever done, because normally yeah. I would not have gone and I really don't even know what got into me that day. Parents said no. I wasn't dumb enough to like do it anyway. Like I, I learned my lesson. I was not going to push them. And I don't know why I decided to do it that one rabbit, and then it all kind of went to hell in a handbag. <laughs> I mean, at least you had a good go at trying to get the rabbit in. Laugh about that story, and my family dies laughing. But yeah, no, it's um, it's served its purpose as um, as a uh, funny thing to talk about on a rainy day. Yeah, definitely, that is a good story of the rabbit. See, now you can go tell all your friends about the crazy girl from America that <laughs> brought a rabbit. Lost the rabbit. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> really, guys, you're, you never need to go to America. The, the people there are crazy. This girl, she brought this rabbit into the house. It got loose. And then it was put outside and never seen again. I know. So tragic. <coughs> Poor little guy. Yeah, it would have been fine. You know, based on the rabbit that I saw... A few months ago, I think he is fine. Yeah, that's good. Have you ever done anything like that? Um, no, I've never, never stuck in any pets or anything like that. <laughs> okay, well, I meant a funny story. Um, honestly, on the top of my head, I can't think of any that I've done that. Is- that's been that outrageous. Were you the good one growing up? Yeah, I was always the good one, yeah. I was the only one, so I was the good one, the bad one, the in-between. Yeah, you, had to, do, yeah, you had to fit every profile growing up. Yeah. It was such big shoes to fill. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of responsibility. <laughs> but I take it you get siblings then. Uh, yeah, one sister. One sister, is she younger or older than you? Uh, she's young, yeah, she's 21. Okay. That's cool. So, uh, so yeah, so we was okay. We, we got on quite well when we was growing up. And then we get, we get on fine now. That's good. I know so many people who don't get along with their siblings, and I'm like, I would kill to have a sibling. Like, yeah, I know, yeah. We, we don't see each other very often. But, um, but yeah, we, 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 when we do see each other, we, we catch up quite good. Do you, um, is it because of all the traveling and stuff or just like busy schedules? Yeah, just busy. And yeah, they're, um, either I'm always away or they're away, um, doing something else. So yeah, it's just hard to marry up when we're, when we're all around really. I bet. Especially if they travel too. Yeah. It's, it, it's difficult, but yeah, we, we make it work just like, just like anyone else really. We just make the best of it. Yeah, you do what you can. And, I mean, that's a good thing about technology, too, is you can stay in touch that way. Yeah, there's, like I said, there's FaceTime and there's all sorts of different ways that you can keep in touch with them. 
Yeah, I, that's why I love iPhones because, like, if you have friends in other countries, you can still, like, talk to them on iMessage or yeah. FaceTime and not have to deal with, like, the international fees. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, free. Yeah, Which is really that... good. Otherwise, you can end up racking up. Because mm-hmm. I had a girl that I was talking to in Australia, and we were going to do an episode together. And at that point, all I could really do, because the app wasn't working, was, um like, make a phone call and record it. And I was like, can we just reschedule? Because I really don't have the money to do this. She was like, yeah, I don't have the money to do that phone call either. <laughs> like, yeah. It would have been an expensive phone call. Oh, my God. It would have been terrible. I've actually never had to call in or never, like, had to actually price an international call. I've just heard they're very expensive. Yeah, to be fair, neither have I. I've always tried to Skype or FaceTime. Who? Yeah, I've always just tried to FaceTime. Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you said a friend of mine or something. That's what I was like. Um, I think I missed something. No, I've never, I've never done one myself. You've never done Skype? <laughs> You there? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I was saying, yeah, I never wanted to pay for the fees, so I've always tried to do it the free way. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying, like, you've never used Skype. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've used Skype before. It's just, that's why that I was, was like, good. really? I like Skype, but I definitely, if the other person has an iPhone, I prefer yeah. FaceTime. Um, definitely, yeah. FaceTime. Yeah, so much easier. And especially, like like we said, the iMessages and stuff, that's really a good way to, like, just kind of keep up with people that you know overseas and things like that. Like, I had a friend who was stationed, or not stationed, but he was deployed, but he could use, like, there was certain times, like, he could use his phone, and since he had an iPhone, we could text, and it wasn't that big of a deal. Like, it wasn't pricey, yeah. it wasn't anything. So I really love that feature. Yeah. Yeah, it makes keeping in touch with people so much easier. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing it is the next, it is, um, what, the fourth now for you? The? September 4th? Uh, yeah, it is now. Yeah, no, yeah, it's 20 past midnight here now. Good. Wow. So since it is 20 after midnight in the UK, Bailey did have to go as he has a full day ahead of him tomorrow. So I just want to say a quick thank you to him for taking time out of his crazy schedule to be on my podcast. I really appreciate it and I really hope that you guys enjoyed it as well. Um, If you would like to hear either my or Bailey's opinion on something in particular, please feel free to reach out to either of us um the main ways to get a hold of me are the anchor fm voice messages and the instagram handles and those are given at the end of the show so keep listening a little bit longer and you will get the exact way to get in contact with me about trying to get another show going with mr bailey wright and myself Thank you guys so much for listening and thank you, Bailey, for taking time to do this with me.
Thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of A Dose of Knowledge. I'm your host, Megan, and I invite you guys to reach out if you have a topic that you would like me to research or see if I already know anything about and can do a show on. Please feel free to hit me up on my personal Instagram at Megan Noel. That's M-E-G-A-N-N-O-E-L underscore fit F-I-T or the show's Instagram at a dose of knowledge. Either one of those are going to be great ways to get a hold of me. And I also hold a lot of polls on my personal Instagram as to what topic I'm going to talk about next based on what people don't know about. If they know more about one topic or another, that's how I choose generally. So follow me on there, check out my stories and take part in choosing the next podcast topic. Thank you guys so much. And please don't forget to subscribe and leave an amazing review because that's what helps me be able to do more of these for you. Thank you for listening and I cannot wait for the next show.